Hello, everybody. This is the Value Line Observer brought to you by the Value Guys. I'm Vern Value. And I'm Val Hughes. And we're uh, 20-year Wall Street veterans that are currently employed, so we've had to go undercover. We've changed our names. We've disguised our voices. We uh, even have uh, – well, go to our website and you'll – See what our uh, we've done a lot of physical stuff. We disguises can't actually look like. talk about. Uh, the website, by the way, is www.thevaluguys.com. Um, anyway, we do this so that we can bring you our unvarnished, um, you know, professionally informed views of Value Lines weekly stock picks. The same professional advice the, uh, we give our clients, but here we've been, you know, drinking. It's Friday afternoon. Every and, week we uh, use the uh, relaxed, that week's Value Line Investment Survey. This week, the, uh, the, the uh, August 3rd, 2007 issue. Later, uh, August this, is an interesting, uh, this is an interesting, it's a combination of food and education. What about the pain? Do you want to talk at all about the There's pain that's been coming too. through this week? Are value guys Ooh, feeling the pain? Uh, I, know, I know there's been some pain. I just want to say... And, I mean, the market was down 2% today. There's jitters about subprime lending and the cascading effect of this uh, secret knowledge to the rest of the market and home price declines and what that will do to consumer spending and all that. You know, And the uh, economy in general. Yeah, I would just say that 50,000 years ago – I feel your pain. There were caves and fields, and now we've got big buildings and rivers and cars and economies and – uh, you know, interest rates are low, uh, unemployment's low, employment's high, companies have record corporate profits and revenue. Even if there's a down year, things are pretty good. And in my opinion, uh, this type of market gives you an opportunity. What do you think of that, Vern? I think that's a fantastic uh, piece of advice ah. to our regular listeners and to what those about that our... are joining us for the first time really? as well. Okay, good. Anyway, I'm sorry. I interrupted you and your and your fine introduction. Well, I, I really the introduction's done. Uh, oh, I'm going, to, <laughs> okay. I'm going to be back in the second half of the show, but right now I'm going to turn it over to my equal in equities. That is so impressive. Values. I can't help but notice the F's are coming up, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't even want to get into what that could be. Okay, Val Hughes, uh, this week. Ouch, ouch. That's all I can say. I want to visit something we've talked about in the past. First, I want to just let everyone know I've been drinking a little bit more than usual this week because, I don't know, it's summer, and I'm at work, and I leave a little early, and I try to get like a two- or three-hour vacation in, you know, just before I have to go home. And sadly, I guess, this is part of it. So (laughs) welcome to my vacation, everybody. It's right here, and I've had a couple of drinks. But in any case... I want to revisit something we've talked about in the past. Take-Two Interactive, TTWO, page 1604. I'm not doing it this week because it's obvious. Wasn't that stock buried this week? Uh, You know, there's a lot of adjectives in the world. I wouldn't use that one. I'd say it's fallen to an opportunistic level. Take-Two does the video games. They do uh, Their big name, of course, is Grand Theft Auto. They announced yesterday it dribbled out after hours. A and delay today, maybe in the launch yeah, of the next yeah, version? Yeah, it's me talking over oh, here. Yeah, you. So they you. are uh, delaying this past Christmas, and it's, uh, you know, the stock got clobbered. Now it's the market's going down. Everyone's scared of these things anyway, this particular one, because of the hair that's been on it. But I looked at Electronic Arts this week as well. Electronic Arts, there's only four companies that do this, ladies and gentlemen. Electronic Arts, uh, you know, they own sports, but Take-Two has Grand Theft. That's one of the best franchises in entertainment. Uh, They're going to start putting ads in the game, on the billboards, in there. I mean, the hours per week that consumers are watching 
the billboards in games is going up every year by 20%. It's sort of like Hollywood movies in the 40s or something or 30s or whenever. And, um, you know, Take-Two is selling at 14 and 16 cents at close today. Uh, I own it right around here. It got up into the low 20s, and this announcement sent the thing down. Revenues per share are 19. Now, without selling this game, they'll be down a little bit from that. But people will just buy Grand Theft Auto 3. I mean, it's no, you know, uh, Christmas presents particularly. Grandma doesn't know which game isn't out or whatever. So uh, they're still going to be okay, and they have a lot of other businesses. So maybe they have $18 a share in revenue. The stock's at 14 That's 70% of revenue. Meantime, Electronic Arts, now granted, they have more share, but they're not growing faster, and they pay a lot of royalties out, whereas Take-Two owns their content. Um, their revenues per share, $11.65. The stock's at 50 That's four and a half times revenue. Take-Two at 75% of revenue. This is an absolute... No-brainer. Now, if you want to really make sure it works, go short electronic arts, long Take-Two. That locks in this mistake. And ultimately, Take-Two, if they can't get their management right, it'll get sold. You know, a few months ago, some activist shareholders took over the company and are running it, and I think they're doing a good job at it. They're only postponing the game because it's going to be that much better when they get the graphics and everything just right. And, you know, 08's coming, so... uh, by the summer of 08, the stock's going to be at 25. I'd buy it here. If you want to be super safe, short electronic arts against it. Okay, I'm not even doing that this week. So, uh, what else do I have? Del Monte Foods, DLM, page 1488. We've talked about this in the past. It closed uh, 1171 today. And what am I attracted to? Uh, the stability of food and uh, the relative multiple. Cash flow per share next year, a buck forty. Stock at basically twelve dollars. That's uh, less than ten times. And there's not a lot of capex here. Fifty cents a share in capex. Depreciation per share is also fifty cents. So you don't have a lot of new investment going in. Returns on capital are low, about seven percent. But uh, you know, I think that may just be to, due to the fact that they should be writing off more assets. Sales a share per share, eighteen bucks. You know, this is just a stable put-away. They got a little bit of a yield. It could be a takeout for somebody. They certainly, you know, have uh, the cash flow to cover a buyout, although the debt market obviously is getting a little tricky. Um, They own some great brands in food. Starkist, of course, Del Monte, Contadina. I understand pasta's coming back. It's, you know, carbs are back in. You need sauce on that. They've got milk bone meow mix. You know, pet ownership is on the rise because of the demographics. So they've got some very stable businesses in here. It's selling at a nice discount to the market. Operating margins are stable, 14, 15, 13%, you know, over many years. And um, I think their returns could be higher. That's probably just due to a reluctance to write some stuff off. So, you know, what do you have here? You got a 9% cash flow yield, thing grows at 7, 8, 9%. You have a 17% return. Not a lot of risk. Del Monte, page 1488, ticker DLM. Did I mention that, Vern? I believe you did. Okay. Thanks for, thanks for being involved. Okay. So, Ralcorp, page 1501, RAH. Uh, this is, you know, Ralcorp, Ralston, Purina, and all that. They've had a lot of great brands. Some things come up, came off of this, including Energizer Holdings and, uh, I don't know, some other stuff I can't even think about right now. But a lot of great businesses have come out of Ralcorp. What's remaining is uh, a 
couple things. Private label breakfast cereals are 24% of sales. Private label crackers and cookies, 13. Private label value snack nuts, okay, uh, is 21. That's Carriage House. I'm not even going there. Um, Bakery Chef, which also must be private label bakery stuff, right, ever, whatever. How insightful. Yeah, thank you. I'm just reading along here. And then also they own, and I remember, I don't have a lot of data here. I'm looking at Value Line, but I remember I dug into the 10K on this a few months ago. I don't have it here. But they own 19% of Vail Resorts. You know, real estate in Colorado uh, is not exactly down from five years ago. I think it's on the balance sheet. It's very cheap. There's no mention of it here. But I'm just throwing this out. I think there's little Vail Resorts, and there was some activity surrounding this a few months ago with Ralcorp. Again, nothing here in Value Line about it. But I think that thing alone, and I'm just going from, you know, wild memory. And remember, this is for entertainment purposes. So this could be wildly entertaining because I actually have no idea. I think I forgot to mention yeah, that earlier. Yeah, you did. That's why I'm mentioning it now. Um, here's an entertaining part. I'm going to make a wild-ass guess that this Vail Resorts is worth 3 4 5 $8 a share, somewhere in that range. <laughs> and meantime... They've got these private label businesses that are doing pretty well. They got a pretty stable mar- stable margin, eleven percent. Return on capital again, eight nine percent. But I think that's just a reluctance to write assets off. Uh, their balance sheet's a little levered, but this is the kind of industry you'd want to lever. It's very stable, uh, private label products in staples, you know, and private labels gaining share. The economics for the retailer, the reason private labels gaining share is that the retailer uh, has to pay less for that than the brand, and yet their gross profit per item on the shelf is higher than for the brand, and so their ROI on these private label brands is higher, and as the store gets its own set of customers that are coming there for the service and convenience of the store versus the knowledge of the brand, it makes sense to increase your uh, percent of shelf space allocated to private label, and with these demographically driven sectors like uh, certainly the pet area is very attractive here. Um, you know, I think that uh, breakfast cereal, uh, you know, wait a minute. I guess they don't actually, uh, do they have the pets anymore? No, they don't. Wait a minute here. Sure they do. Where does it say that? At the very uh, Patco beginning of foods, what they do, uh, Ralston Foods. I thought they had some private label pet foods, but that might have been a spun it, a spin out. Anyway, um, you know, these cereals and... Uh, People can look that up. Please look it up. I thought I saw that here. Anyway, uh, the, the free value of Vail Resorts plus these stable businesses, 17 times earnings. It's nine times cash flow, and I think that's just a value. R-A-H, Ralcor, put that away. And then Sentient. How am I doing on time? Okay, Sentient, page 1504, 2517 is the You're doing price. Fine. Uh, I'm attracted again to the valuation. Value line's predicting $2.80 in gross cash flow next year. Stock at 25. That's nine times. So, hey, I'm looking at that, okay? Um, nine they, is good then? Nine is, you know, to me, it's 11% cash, gross cash uh, return. Now, I've got CapEx of $1.20. I've got depreciation, though. Look down here, 48 on four, 46, 48 million on 46 million in common shares. That's over a buck. So a little bit higher on CapEx. That just means they're investing a little bit for the future. Management, you know, is returning a growing return on capital. Uh, return on capital. It's not where I'd like. It's 9%, but it's up from, you know, seven, three years ago. So incremental returns have been decent. 
a return on equity around 11%. Again, you know, these companies are reluctant to write things off. What does Sentient do? They supply colors, flavors, and fragrances to makers of packaged foods, beverages, cosmetics, and inkjet ink, so maybe color. Uh, that's 66% uh, flavors and fragrances, 30% color. My theme here is that when you are involved in the emotional sale of a product, so certainly if it's the color, the flavor, the fragrance, these are front-end emotions, ladies and gentlemen, and you know, you'll get a premium on that if your thing is working. So you basically got an R&D lab. People hire you to put the flavor, the smell, whatever into things, and if it works, you have an opportunity to raise pricing because, you Monopoly know, profits. all of a sudden, you know, yeah, your thing is the product. Now, that hasn't really happened yet. Uh, their margins are pretty good, 16%. Is it a new company? No, it's been around mm. a long time here. Uh, but Well, yeah, maybe they're going to catch lightning in a bottle. I think, I, think <laughs> I think the returns are very stable. This type of thing, I think, is going to be more and more valuable uh, you know, winner-take-all economy. If you have the best flavor, the best fragrance, the best smell, whatever, you're going to quickly get more share. And with information sort of free and available in you know, real time on the Internet, the knowledge of that's moving quicker. So I think you get more pricing power. That is showing up in the margins recently. And, again, the valuation is cheap, not a big CapEx uh, you know, requirement here. And I just think these guys are one of those knowledge-based companies you know, the the essence of products, not the whole product. Some other guy's making that. Somebody else is making the cracker. You're making the essence of the cracker, the reason people are buying it. And I think that's worth more than this uh, than, than this multiple. So Sentient, SXT, page 1504. And then uh, I want to quickly talk about something that uh, I'm familiar with as a customer. And it's, um, you know, just a teeny, tiny bit more expensive than I'd like, a teeny tiny bit. So let me quantify that. It's Avid Technology, AVID, page 1592. Oh, down 10% from the price on the value line report. Hmm. Yes, it is. How about that? Vern, that's very observant of you. Yeah. And uh, why is that? I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know either. Let me let me punch it in here. I We have some Internet access well, it here. it must be doggone cheap now. Well, if doggone's a verb, then God dong it, it's cheap. But... What they do is they're involved in the whole area of digital media. Did you know they have a, an underdog movie coming out this As an aside, fall? I did, and I actually wanted to go see that. Underdog. From your sing, childhood, anyway. I used to sing I, that little song. Probably a little before my time. Yeah, but. no, it, it was. We used, to, we used to sing that little theme song. Anyway. Can we hear a yeah, couple skip bars? ahead. This is let's let's. I'm getting misty over these memories. Anyway, Avid Technology develops software and systems for digital media production, management, and distribution. They make digital nonlinear video, film editing systems, image manipulation products designed to create graphics, special effects for use in films, advertising, news programs. They also have digital audio systems, which I'm familiar with. I have some of their uh, software for digital audio. In fact, produce I produce this show on occasion in some of their products. So hmm. uh, they seem to have a little piece in an area. I mean, excuse me if I'm not right about this, ladies and gentlemen, but I think the whole digital media area is growing faster than the economy. And uh, they're trading at just, you know, it says here 330 a share next year, 280 this year in gross cash flow. Uh, stock at 30, that's nine times, ten times. You know, that's attractive for something that's growing uh, value line says they'll grow eight percent 
in cash flow over the next few years. I think these markets are growing faster. I think that's a mis- disconnect by value line. They have a fair amount of cash, 200 million and 40 million shares, so that's five bucks a share in cash. They couldn't possibly have blown it since this thing was printed. And they have absolutely almost uh, no debt. So, you know, 800 million in equity, 15 million in debt. I really like that. When people are uncertain about the future because subprime mortgages are going down, it's nice when you have someone with no debt. In other words, if interest rates go up, people with a lot of cash, that helps them. They get higher interest rates. And digital media, you know, I don't think the subprime market's going to be affecting the demand for digital media. And so uh, they look like they have a place at the table. It looks expensive on a PE. But I have to point out their CapEx is $0.55 cents a share. Their depreciation is buck fifty per share. So earnings are a little bit misleading in here. In other words, there's an expense going on for something that they probably acquired years ago and is sunk cost. So really, the cash flow number is a better number. And I think you're going to get growth on this. I think for whatever reason, Value Line's missing that. And uh, there's going to be a couple of good earnings comparisons coming up. So AVID, Avid Technology, page 1592. And with that, Vern, what that's all avid I have. recommendation. Thank you very much. It's uh, beverage, beverage time. And glass here's, on glass here's to you, everybody. And these are real drinks. Do not try this at home if you're under whatever your age. Take it easy out there, folks. Yeah, we're not driving. Or something like that. Anyway, Vern Value. Thank you. Thank you, Val Hughes. Val Hughes. Val Hughes. Don't start dreaming about me. Uh, I've been able to, um, well, just a lot of therapy, but it's behind <laughs> me now. Uh, the first name I'm going to talk about is a new coverage item for uh, Value Line. Uh, uh, and this is, uh, what's it say, initial report on Ingalls Markets, a grocery store operator. My uh, The theme of my picks this week, by the way, is that... Uh, in a very rocky market, um, it's never a bad idea to have. I mean, I want stocks at good valuations that mm-hmm. can grow, but um, yeah. um, mm-hmm. I've got three very low beta names. Let's here. hunker down, everybody. I'm scared. <laughs> I'm not going to hunker down. Uh-huh. Fear is opportunity. Anyway. I'm going to restrict my, I'm going to lower my yeah, exposure to yeah, the market in yeah. favor of uh, yeah. company specific risk. <laughs> Please, go ahead. You know, you're only lucky that I wasn't <laughs> snoring earlier, okay? I understand. I, you know, I had the decency to go down to the other end of the true. room. That's true. I appreciate um, it. it, it with Ingalls, um, the symbol here, I-M-K-T-A, okay? 750 million market cap, so a small cap grocer that has almost 200 supermarkets in six states, and I like their position in the market. Um, fully, uh, what is that, 40%? Uh, yes, 40% of them is uh, Georgia. Hmm. And um, another nearly 50% in the <clears throat> Carolinas, north and south. So it's coastal, southeast U.S. predominantly. They Growing have a presence population. as well in Tennessee, Virginia, uh, and one store in Alabama. They own and operate 74 shopping centers, most of which have one of their supermarkets in it. Um, they have dedicated sections for general merchandise, health and beauty care products, books, DVDs. I've checked this out a couple different times in my mm-hmm. travels around the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, 25% of the store base has pharmacies. Uh, they basically serve a uh, small town and rural um, demographic, um, which, in the, um, which in the southeast U.S. is where manufacturing is incrementally locating new capacity. 
and that's something that's been is happening now because of the uh, strength of the economic expansion, the fact that it's been going on for a while. So I think there's good growth in the markets that they serve. Um, the value line rates at a three. Um, recently, th- almost well today closed almost thirty two dollars, um, up six percent, reporting a huge number on third quarter. I guess eighty one cents. You said it. Uh, you found. I don't have right? it here right now. Yeah, but yeah. Mm-hmm. against fifty seven. The value line estimate was fifty nine cents, as opposed to the eighty one they delivered. Um, not to, I'm not trying to pick on value line. I'm just that would explain why the stock was up so strongly. But compared with the value line price printed on the page, it's only a three percent increase. And I, I think there's an argument here for a potentially if if what I see equals in, an improved operator in a growing market, uh, potentially a sixty dollar stock. I might get there on organic growth opportunities my, my, myself, but I think ultimately I become a very interesting strategic target for people. Um, and maybe in part because I own my my store base, um, you know the company um, um, by virtue of that could benefit some in terms of valuation from uh, credit crunch restricting supply of competitive space because there certainly had been a lot of retail coming on uh, prior to last year. Nevertheless, uh, Ingalls, which went through, from what I can tell from Value Lines numbers, kind of a lost decade between the mid 90s and 2004, where they uh, they only were able to grow the top line over that. 10-year period of time by about 15% cumulatively, and uh, cash flow kind of stayed, per share stayed kind of stuck between, oh, like 275 and 290 a share. Last year, 418, value line looking for close to $5 in 2008, so there's been a major breakout here. Sales growth has accelerated as well. Some of this would be the pass-through of food cost inflation, but I have an idea that... Uh, uh, there's been a step up in performance here uh, in, uh, you know, ap- actual operating execution. And if uh, if that's the case, return on capital uh, currently high single digit. Uh, you were talking about ROI being depressed by not writing down assets. Well, they don't like doing that. Here's an operator with 200 supermarkets that's had, you know, the, that's been around for a long, long time. So they certainly have got some, uh, probably some uh, underperforming assets. Heavy, mm-hmm. uh, assets mm-hmm. still on uh, same store sales growth. Value line said 12 percent in the March quarter. They just reported nine, I guess, in the June quarter. Um, it, it just, you know, high, it looks like they're growing in uh, higher margin niches. I like the population growth theme there. Yeah, well, you're a, you're a big fan of demographics, and uh, I think uh, you know our loyal listeners, our regular listeners, yeah. our dedicated listeners. And yeah. Let's have you a mean your, for them. Your your family. My, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, this, uh, my next idea is McCormick MKC. This is also rated three by Value Line, leading manufacturer. Have you seen their red little tins in the uh, grocery store? Of course, they're the spice company. So I'm picking up on your uh, flavorings and controlling the well, uh, they do controlling well, the value added of a food product. Yeah, and I like McCormick. And, I can um, just never get it. There's not a lot of detail enough, here. I don't. I don't know a lot about what the specifics of their growth strategy are. But Value Line talks a lot about um, simply Asia foods, which is apparently uh, doing quite well. A brand new product of some kind, and they're introducing new seafood products. So. 
it looks like our friends at McCormick have decided to branch out into food, into real food. And That's spice I, you know, nice. They, well, the Tyson guys started cutting up chicken and putting it in the place where you could buy it as a meal, and these guys well, are if anybody would know putting their spice about on other stuff. something like uh, a piece of chicken, something tasty and unique and different than you can get from anybody else. That's what they're doing. Wouldn't it be these people? That's so, what they're doing. And the, uh, the impressive thing here is Value Line's got history all the way back to 1991, I'm looking here. I see a down year in 96 on the top line. I see a down year in 2002, flat in 03. So in 15 years of history, I have three down years, 12 up. Sales cumulatively uh, over that period of time uh, up two and a half fold. Uh, enterprise value, $5.4 billion. Market cap is 4.7. They have some leverage, not a lot, though, 29%. So it's less, time, less than 10 times on an enterprise value basis. I'm looking at gross cash flow approaching $3. Yes, to today closed under 35 So it's not, it's not exactly um, screaming cheap, but the stock um, never really falls out of bed. And recently at 35 that compares with highs at 39 or better. This just, year uh, and each of the prior three I've got years. Got some internet as well. access here to some, you know, top secret uh, tools here, and I see uh, Bear Stearns for whatever you think of them. They've raised this to uh, outperform in mid June. Uh, management uh, reaffirmed some guidance a few months ago. It looks like you know, I guess some guys retire. And the here. third name looks, I've got is good. the third name I've got is a return to a name that I think a little controversial, but. I'm interested in owning something in alcoholic beverages, especially if I'm. Well, here, about let me pass this over to you. Now you I, own some. No, I, I owned some earlier, but uh, I no longer own them. I see. Um, Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. The, um, um, the, the if the economy is going to slow down, uh, people will tend to uh, go out a little bit less. Um, it, some believe. Some believe. I think maybe more, but I think the uh, the data that shows that. Uh, People go out a little bit less and maybe stay at home and entertain themselves. Stay at home a little more. Um, Try to, you know, block out the pain, like from this week. Mm -hmm. So this is a stock. uh, Value line rates at a five, okay? They lowered it earlier this year. Recently at $22 as opposed to nearly 23 on the value line. At at nearly 23, it was almost 16 times earnings and almost a 20% discount to the market. At 22, um, we're down what? Pushing 4%. That's worse than market. So it's still, it's a little cheaper yet on a relative basis. Um, at 22, that compares with 29, 30, $31 highs. I, I have a years. question on this. What do they? They have a bunch of brands. Yeah, they what are. are uh, well, they. I, I can't it's liquor, tell you. right? Liquor. Well, but beers and spirits are only a quarter of their volume, and I don't remember uh, well, specifically which. I'm uh, just spirit again brands it, internet they access here. Constellation Brands CEO on June 28th. But they're said a major player. Wine, in wine acquisitions in Europe. They, That's own, their... they own Australia's largest wine producer, oh. and they own. They bought Robert Mondavi in 2004. Oh, I didn't know that. They so missed, if they've they missed it, earnings last time. Oh, know. did they? It, yeah, a little bit. Um, well, and that, it, I think that has something to do with the you know the stock was uh, looks like it came into the year around 29, and it's 22 today. So. Um, it's taken a header on the disappointment, and that's yeah. what we like to take advantage of Definitely. as value guys. Uh, uh, with the uh, the price today, we're talking about something like uh, 10 times gross cash flow, uh, gross cash flow under a little bit of pressure right now, so normalize the multiple be lower yet. Um, looks to me like the operating, operating margin expectations here are too low, um, and return on capital should be higher 
in the future than value lines estimating because they've spun off a business into a JV, which has the ability to inflate your net margin. Value line shows some improvement there, but uh, should also positively impact ROIC because any debt capital needed to support the business won't be on your balance sheet. So it's almost like getting the advent, the uh, advantage of uh, off balance. Sheet. They have a lot of debt here, so if this works, though, if the, oh, if yeah, the demographics are debt to cap are decent, wine. I like the fact they're adding wine. That's a growing. Cap. And and honestly, it's not that this looks so cheap to me as much as it is. Compared to anything else in this space, you have to pay generally a significant premium to market. And so, on a, I'm buying the uh, I'm buying the less favored, um, beat up some because of some missed short term numbers as Wall Street likes to do. I smell value. I'm not sure. I'm not likely to get it realized strategically though, because uh, just so you know, the Sands family owns 95 percent of the Class B shares, only three and a half percent of the Class A. Oh, sons I'll, of I'll bitches! I'll take a wild guess. And uh, bet that maybe the Class B shares have, uh, um, you know, a little more, a little higher share of the vote than uh, the Class A do shares they? Yeah. do. Yeah. Okay. Well. Um, but nevertheless, check it out. STZ. So uh, Value Line says their beta is 0.8, McCormick 0.5, Ingalls 0.7. Like, like uh, McCormick and Ingalls best uh, because I really, I think you've got, you know, pretty good looking stocks here. Uh, in, independent of whether you're buying a more defensive position in a relatively volatile market or not. So. And i got to go with, uh, you know, my gut value guy says Raw Corp, R-A-H, but my belief in digital media causes me to go with Avid. A little racier. Yeah, a little racier, but, you know, it's the future. So AVID, page 1592. And we're all about the future, and that's when we'll be talking to Back you again. Again, right.